Good evening, Merv Rabbi We are beginning the end. The end of Shara Vaidis Alakim Bezir Hashem up to Perik Asiri. And in this Perik, Kavasavavas does something quite interesting. And that is, he goes through a series of Midas, different traits, different personalities that we have within us to some degree or another. And he's going to explain when to utilize them and when not. In which area it's appropriate to utilize one meter or to utilize the other meter. And he's going to set them up in pairs. And truth is, he already mentioned the whole list of these midas in Perik tests. In the last Perik, he explained that we have two advisors. After you explain, there's a whole army working within a person. That was his marshal that the Kosh who gave all of the tools to the person to use in his stay in this world. And there were two yoyatsim, two advisors, the Seichel and the Taiva, the Eitzah Harah, the Eitzah Teiv. And there are two Seifim, two scribes, writing down the good deeds and the bad deeds. And then he said, the Meshorsim, who are these assistants in to enable all of these things that have to happen? And the Shamoshim, the servants, he says, these are the Midas Hanafshiyos. These are the Midas, these are the the uh, the various tendencies, the various qualities, the various character traits and personalities that every person has and could utilize. And he gave a list of opposites. Simcha and Daiga, Sasein and Yogain, Sikarain and Shikha. So he already gave a whole list of them. And some of them he's going to now touch upon in this parak, others he's going to leave. So look, this is the rest of this is the entire parak, the rest of this shar. So what I'd like to do is each shear, each night, we'll go just through one of them. So this way we can focus on one of them and try to get some clarity on it. So let's begin. Omran Nefesh, the Nefesh continues to talk to the Seichel. Says, Farif, I know you see Ma'amorcha. I have understood what you have said to me. And I've listened well to everything you've mentioned. But I am begging you, Your Honor, could you just clarify for me, explain to me all the places What are all the areas that I should utilize these assistants and these servants and others, these midas? How should I use them? When should I use them? Both in the Meshubach and the Maguna. Because as we explained at the end of last Perek, there are Midas that are on the surface praiseworthy Midas. Certainly a, a, a generous heart. That's a praiseworthy Midas. But sometimes, even a Midas that's Meshubach and praiseworthy can be shunned upon, can be looked down upon if it's not utilized in the right way. On the other hand, sometimes you have a mida of jealousy or of kas, anger, which on the surface, for the most part, generally speaking, it's a bad mida, it's a maguna mida, it's, a, it's a, um, a mida that's frowned upon. But at times, if we use it in the right way, then it can be praiseworthy, meshubach. So, says the nefesh, I want to know all of these midas, meshubach, maguna, the good midas, the bad midas, within my whole slew of Midas, 
I shall be shtamshi bohem, that if I use them correctly, shom yishabchuni aleyem. That's how some want to read this piece in the first paragraph here. Shom yishabchuni, over there they will praise me. In other words, there in the world of truth. In Eilam Abba, there they will praise me. V'yeidu shimushi bohem. And they will agree to my usage of them. In other words, he's asking a very simple question. Could you give me a, a breakdown of the midas that I have and tell me when should I utilize this midas and when should I utilize that midas? How should I utilize best this one and that one? That's what he's asking. That if I use it properly, both the ones that are meshubach, praiseworthy and commendable and the ones that are considered disgraceful, but if I use them correct in all areas, so then over there they'll praise me for everything. Omar HaSeichel says the Seichel, You have a lot of different character traits. Every person does. So I'm going to just give you a sort of a smattering of them. I'll take a, a selection of them, a sampling of some of the Midas and explain them. As we said before, he uses uh, uh, somewhat of a different list. And that's because there are rabbis, there are many, uh, certainly many different traits that we have. So the first two is, Hasimcha Evil. Joy, happiness, Evil, and sorrow, or sadness. Vehu, Shebimidoisaychi, within your whole repertoire of Midais, Shtei Midaisein, you have two particular midas that are opposites, and they are hasim chavoevel, joy, happiness, chavoevel, sorrow and grief, or sadness. Vehein zukinegedzu, and they are opposites. So vayfone hashimish basimcha. The way to best utilize simcha is keshetivtechi b'hano kayemes. When you will be sure, when you will be confident, for a continuous. Enjoyment, and you'll have no sadness mixed into that, and no mishap will happen to you, then grab this midah. So he's defining when is it good to have simcha? When is it good to utilize the midah of simcha? He says when you can have an ongoing delight. When you can be involved in something, in some pursuit, that will be continuously pleasurable, there won't be mixed in any sadness, there won't bring any harm to you, then it's appropriate to be besimcha. What is he talking about here? Well, truth be told, that where we have real, true simcha that could last and not eventually become saddened, is when we're doing a mitzvah. When we're enjoying a hanoah, the pleasure of a Shabbos, or a Yom Tif, or a good davening, or a good learning seder. That's times when we have simcha, that it doesn't mix in sorrow, if it's done right, if it's done for the right purposes, with the right intent. Because you think about it, when you have, how do you know the difference if the involvement that you're doing is ruchrius or gashmius. Sometimes it's quite apparent. But 
if you use an extreme example, then you can see the the real example, even when it's more subtle or discreet. So, for example, whenever we get something new that is gashmias, that's material, so the longer we have it, the less special it becomes. And as the excitement wanes away, the excitement, the enjoyment, the newness of it, it dissipates. For example, somebody buys a brand new car. Well, as soon as you drive it out of the showroom, you drive it off the lot, it, it already is not as special as it was. It's still very special. You can still make it. I'll tell you if I made it, if you've had that with a family, or Shachion, if you by yourself. So, but, but after a week, two, a month, it, it's not the same. It's the, it loses that specialness. It's not the same new car. That's the way it is. Anything new that we get that's of material nature, the longer we have it, the less it is. And the, by a Ruchnia side, the opposite is true. That the more we get involved in it, the more special it becomes. So I'll give two examples that one we understand is a Ruchnia's pursuit, but yet sometimes people miss the boat a little bit. And the other is, is some, for some people, it's really, uh, it's in the balance. We're not sure if it's to the Ruchnia's or Gashmia side. Okay? <coughs> so for example, a yomtif. A yomtif is supposed to be a yom tov, a good day. We have a mitzvah of simcha. Even on Shabbos, there's debatable in the place whether there's a mitzvah of simcha. But on yomtif, everybody agrees there is a mitzvah commandment to be besimcha. And the Ramam tells us in Hilchas Lulav, he says simcha is not an easy thing to come by. Simcha is not an easy thing to stay with. The the Vilna Gaon was known. He worked very hard that throughout the, all the days of. Chag HaSukas, which is an em- extra emphasis of Simcha, he made sure to always be besimcha. But a lot of times we think, when you go into the Yom Div, you're there two days, three days, four days, come to the seventh day, or in Chutzlar is the eighth day. Uh, yeah, we've already been here four, five, six days. Alright, some people say, Shenginuk, it's already enough, and it's not as special anymore. The truth is the opposite should be true. The more we're into the yomtiv, the more we're further into it, it should only be even greater. That's the way really it should be. The the more we have of this ruchnias, if it's fused properly, the more we should have of it. Sometimes people think of a yomtiv as vacation. You go on vacation for a week, so it comes the last day, so ah, that's it, vacation's over, so I'm sad. That's the way sometimes people look at a, a, a yomtiv. It's just a vacation from work. But if a person uses, utilizes it as a day of simcha, it's something that could be a hano kayem tamid, and a continuously lasting pleasure, then that's when simcha is appropriate. Another example would be marriage. A fellow came the other day for, for shachris and the kail. I said, well, what are you doing here? He's a chost and he's getting married today. He says, Rabbi, you have any advice for me? So I told him this idea. I said, whenever you have something that's spiritual, the more you have it, the better it gets. The more exciting it gets. Like Torah. You learn it once. Ah, it's, it's, one time you saw the Gemara. You see it again. You see it from a different light. You see it again. You get more depth out of it. The more and more you learn, the more you love it. But when you buy a new car, the first day, it's great. The first week, it's fantastic. After that, it's not a new car anymore. I said the same things with marriage. 
unfortunately, most marriages in, in our society end with a division. Why? Because they think marriage is like a brand new car. So after that, it loses its luster, it loses its excitement. But if you go into marriage as a ruchnis, as something spiritual, oh, then the longer it is, 40, 50, 70 years, it just gets better and better. So simcha should be used when we're talking about something that is continuous. Hano that's continuous, that could be of no harm. Indeed, the Gemara tells us, there was the, the Gemara in Shabbos, Daflamid says they found a contradiction in the book of Kayelis. They wanted to put it away because they couldn't understand it until they finally had a pshat. On the one hand, David Amelov says, Beshibachti simcha. I praise simcha. Simcha is a great thing. On the other hand, it says, Vilasimcha, Mazuai, so what does simcha do? So, is simcha a good thing? Shlaim Amelov, not a good thing. So the Mashkiach says once people say a nice explanation. It says it depends. After you go through this experience, look back at it. Look back at the Yom Tif. Look back at the year of five or ten or fifty years of marriage and say, are you praising that simcha? Vishibachti aniyasa simcha? Am I praising that experience? Then it was a true simcha. If you, the simcha mazuay, say, what did this simcha do? Sometimes you go to a, an amusement park, you have a, you know, whirl around, great, you're dancing, you're flying, and after that, a couple of days later, you're a little dizzy, a little Charlie horse, well, the simcha mazuay, so what did I have from the whole thing? The Gemara says, one is talking about a simcha shal mitzvah, the other is a simcha sha'ina shal mitzvah. If it's a simcha shal mitzvah, then it's, then it's praiseworthy simcha. Then it can be something that's continuously pleasurable. If it's not a simcha shal mitzvah, it's a simcha of hoilalus, of frivolous behavior, of just joking around, then it's a simcha mazuais. That's simcha. And now what about evil? When should sorrow be used? When something you engage in pains you, kayim tamid. So here the Mashkir explained an avera, a sin. If a person sins, that stays with him. It's forever. That's it. It's with him now. So you can't push it off. You can't say, "Well, I just did the avera, okay, but now I'm finished with it." No, it stays with the person. There's no way you could separate from it. Now. He's talking about if a person just sits idly by and says, this is what I have, this is what I did. Indeed, then you, then you say, Ava, let the personality, that character trait of Ava come and say, this is making me sad because I didn't have Ava. And then that should bring to indeed the answer to it, to the healing process, which is tshuva. Indeed, tshuva can wipe it away. Tshuva can take it away. Now that's what that's what we utilize evil for that purpose. We utilize sorrow to say this avera that I did it makes me sad. It makes me feel sad because I don't want this on my account. I don't want this stain on my neshama. And then that brings the person to to do to correct it. Because a person just uh, afraid. Oh, 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 I did a lot of averus. That person who's just afraid. The Gemara tells us that if he has pachad, then he means probably a sinful person because. Uh, you do it right, you say be sad from it, and then bring that to do tshuva. Then That's what we utilize Abel. So simcha we use when we find something that is perfectly, continuously pleasurable, enjoyable, a simcha shal mitzvah. Then we use simcha. 
And we use evil, sorrow and sadness when we have done something wrong. We know that's going to stay with us. And that sadness should bring us to tshuva. Agutinah.